G'day everyone, Big Ozzy Pepper here, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, episode 25, uh, recorded on the 3rd of March 2021. Let's start off with a little bit of news. Uh, last week we mentioned that Facebook pulled out of Australia for all the news. Well, guess what? They're back again. But, you know, as I mentioned, I don't do the Facebook apart from business purposes, so that's not really a big deal for me either here nor there. Today, what I wanted to talk to you about was vacuum sealer bags. I recently managed to purchase from my local Aldi's and Ambilan, A-M-B-I-A-N-O, Ambino, I do not know how to pronounce that properly, uh, vacuum food sealer. And I've done some um, testing with this and it is a great little device. I paid under $100 for it, I'm pretty sure. It was about $80. I think I say I spent $100 in total because I also got... Uh, two boxes of uh, vacuum food sealer bags, uh, 40 pack each. They are pre-cut and they are 21 centimeters by 30 centimeters. And it says on the packet that they are suitable for sous vide. Am I pronouncing that right? You tell me. That's when you cook the food in the bag in a, like a bath of hot water. I have not tried that part out yet, but I did freeze up some chicken breast and some porterhouse steaks. Uh, little Little mini ones, I think they were. And yeah, it worked really well. I also tried it on a few other things. I actually need to go and do it in a minute. That's why one of the reasons to have them out is to go and freeze up some um, sausages that you would, you know, check on a barbie. Yeah, my local community center had an event and they had some left over and they gave me two big bags of them. So, or big big trays of them, if you want to call them by their proper words. And I'm not going to be able to use them anytime soon. And my, probably myself and my wife are the only ones who probably even eat them in my household. But they're certainly not going to go to waste. I'm going to chuck some in these bags and seal them up and put them in a freezer. Now, the reason you want to do this is that when preserving food, one of the main enemies is oxygen. That's why we have oxygen absorbers. And that's why we have things like food vacuum sealers. And I've also recently got the lids for my mason jars, uh, which connects to this uh, vacuum food sealer. You might hear my kitten in the background. It's currently... She's trying to take my mouse away and she's trying to uh, take my hand and uh, play with her jingly ball. So if you hear some background noise, I apologize for that. So oxygen is the enemy. And when we remove oxygen from things, they last longer. Also, I've found that when things are frozen in just regular Ziploc bags, that uh, they often form ice after a while. And I think obviously that's going to be a sign that they're not going to freeze for as long as if they were done in these lovely vacuum sealer bags. What I also got was uh, two rolls as well that I didn't mention. Uh, vacuum field sealer refills, they call them, and basically they're big, long rolls. And both of these are also microwave safe, dishwasher and boiling water and freezer safe. Uh, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting a bit more use out of these. Uh, a lot of things that we can freeze in these. And the machine itself, as I mentioned, has the attachment to be able to do uh, the canning jar lids, as well as it has the pulse function, the seal only, and one touch vacuum, so all the kind of things you need to do, um, some of the food preservation. So one day I will get to getting a warm water bath and a lot more mason jars, but you know, as I mentioned in Australia, they're a little bit harder to get, not as common as they are in the United States of America. I'm jealous of you guys for sure. I believe that there may be some kinds of the Mylar bags that also work within the food vacuum sealer. I think there's certain weights you have to look out for, not weights, but uh, thickness of the bags. So do be careful you're only using things that are meant to be used in the food sealer. I'm also going to be getting a brake bleeder kit, which I can also use to suck the air out of my mason jars. All these things overlap. It's all in the food preservation uh, umbrella here. 
Uh, last week we talked about food rotation ideas and I started to prepare to actually create some of the shelves for the uh, can holders and I think I've come up with a pretty simple idea in my head anyway. I haven't put it to paper yet. It's very important to do, but a very simple idea uh, for the can storage things would only require a few little bits of um, few very simple measurements and cuts and um, get some little nails to tack them all together and you know glue it and all that good stuff. So definitely have to record the process of that and share my ideas for the design. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about cooking off the grid ideas because what I've realized is it's great to have all these supplies and all this food and all the storage and stuff, but what are you going to do when the stuff hits the fan and you can't actually cook all these things that you've been storing? I've tried to think, imagine a scenario where like the gas and electricity all went out, all the utilities went down. And first thought is, well, the th stuff in the uh, fridge and the freezer is going to go off pretty quick if there's no electricity because I've not got electricity sorted out yet. But uh, all the food's going to start going off. Now, your freezer, you probably have a couple of days. Your chest freezer, probably even more because of the way it's designed, all the cold air stays in when you open the door. Uh, but I definitely want to be eating the fridge, the eat, don't eat the fridge, eat the things inside the fridge first and then start working on the things in the freezer. If it was looking like a much larger sort of collapse where things aren't going to be coming back within uh, the first week, uh, for example, what's going on in Texas at the moment with um, a very surprising snap. Uh, front came through, cold front came through, and uh, they're having a lot of problems over there. Uh, a lot of people, unfortunately, to hear, have lost their lives either to um, the cold or from trying to burn things inside their house to keep warm or to cook that weren't designed to be done inside. Uh, so really heartbreaking to hear that. So I've thought, well, what would we do if this kind of thing happened? Uh, we could easily boil some water outside on the, uh, you know, in the fire pit. But what about some more practical things? I do have a little gas stove that I've never actually even broken the box out of, which is, you know, one of those number one cardinal rules of prepping is you have to actually know how to use your uh, tools and equipment. So yeah, uh, going to talk about that more so in the next podcast, some other ideas, some really simple things, uh, things that are relatively cheap, because I'm all about what can you do for cheap or less. And I think that's going to be a really good one. But that's all for next time, not for now. I think I've talked enough about food savers for now. If you can get one, do get one. They can be expensive, the actual food saver brand. But if you can get a vacuum food sealer uh, from someone like Harris Scarf, maybe, when they're having a special, only when they're having a special, uh, or someone like Aldi's like I have, then I think you're going to be definitely one more step towards being better prepared. So until next time, and as always, if you can't build a great name, you're a big man. See you.